Hello and welcome. This is Untitled, episode 10. Today is November 22nd. I am filming this at 4 o'clock Central Standard Time from Minneapolis, Minnesota. It is already starting to get dark out, so that's a little concerning. It's a little depressing, especially on a week as great as Thanksgiving. I give thanks to all of you. Um, If I haven't said so already, thank you very much. I am just absolutely giving thanks to everybody on my cell phone the last couple days. It's just a great week. Not my favorite holiday. I'm more into summertime vibes when it's not so goddamn cold. But yeah, um, happy week of Thanksgiving Uh, in the sports world. There's a lot going on. We're starting to see a ton of college basketball tournaments going on. They're having fun in warmer places than Minneapolis. So good for all the college kids and coaches probably wearing Hawaiian shirts half the time. But yeah, there's also college football as early as today and into Friday. There's a couple big matchups we'll talk about later. There's NFL games. I'm going to talk about those a little bit later. And so that's uh, an exciting time. NFC North's on display a little bit on Thanksgiving. So everybody that I'd want to watch outside the Packers are kind of playing on Thursday. So that's nice. Anyways, I'm filming this a lot earlier than usual today. I've had a lot of troubles with my work computer today. Right now it's running a script and it's taking about, it's on its about third hour of doing an update. So if this teaches you anything, don't go buy dick pills on your work computer. Save that for your cell phone or your personal phone. And uh, do not go into Mideastern Wife Finder either. That is... uh, where the IT told me I went wrong. So you live, you learn, and we uh, go about one more day. Um, But just for all your um, awareness, just make sure to do that. Today, we have a pretty good episode for you. Like I said, today is November 22nd, week of Thanksgiving. A lot happening. Actually, last weekend, I was at a bachelor party per se. We just kind of all got together. It's uh, Drew Christensen, friend of the show, owner of Junkyard Monkey Fitness. I actually, we clowned around a little bit on some golf simulators and we made him an ad. So if you guys get a chance, go on to my Twitter handle for this podcast. It is at under, it's at untitled underscore the pod. We made himself a little bit of a video, a campaign video. Remember that if you go onto the Facebook link in the Twitter post and you tell him Travis sent you, you will get 20% off your first purchase. So make sure you go do that. Junkyard Monkey Fitness, best in the business. Anyways, they taught me how to do a TikTok. I've never done a TikTok. I've seen some TikToks. Zoomers are obsessed with shaking ass on TikTok. I did not do the renegade. I did the next best thing, and that is plug my best friends. So good for him. Anyways, I did my best attempt at a TikTok. I do see this particular, um, you know, kind of TikTok come up every now and then on my Instagram Reels. I think it's outdated now because every time it hits Instagram Reels, it's probably been on TikTok for about, I don't know, sometimes as long as two weeks, maybe three weeks. But I am staying up with the times. I'm doing my best at least. Today, you'll notice we're, it's going to be a bit of a shorter one. We've had a couple longer episodes. Great episodes, awesome segments. 
great guests, but today's going to be a little bit shorter. It's just me. I'm going to talk a lot of sports. I am a little upset because there wasn't that much that happened with pop culture this week, so I do not have a new pop culture minute for you today. I will say that uh, Twitter has been going crazy lately. Twitter has had more news in the past couple weeks than just about any other. (laughs) Honestly, with social media, it's probably been as insane with news in a span of three, four weeks than any other platform probably has. Um, And in general, it's kind of been so interesting for me to look into. Uh, For those that you have not followed, I mean, it's hard not to at this point, but Elon Musk bought them a little while back right after he bought... There was massive hysteria in the workforce. Some people were a little upset that Elon Musk bought it. I don't know why. I'm not an Elon Musk like lover, but like I'm also not like hating on the guy. You can't hate on a dude that memes as much as Elon does. I uh, I do respect the hustle. I do a lot of that on my own Twitter page as well. Um, once he bought it, uh, there's been a new headline just about every single day. For a while, they were talking about... I mean, right away, they had some cuts, and that's unfortunate. And then right after that, they started doing the blue check mark thing. That brought in some more memes. I was pretty excited about that. Around the same time, they started talking about rumors of it going bankrupt. (laughs) So, not a great start for Elon Musk and Twitter. But, as of recently, they had a new one pop off. And recently, Twitter is now... What was it? Oh, yeah. It was basically that it was going to go extinct. There was rumors out there that the headquarters was going to give up and they were going to basically lose Twitter. And quote-unquote, it was going to die. So that was big news. A lot of people were a little worried. A lot of people market their own products, their own companies, and I market this podcast using Twitter, so obviously losing it would be insane. But we woke up, um, what was it? I think it was last Thursday, maybe, maybe last Friday, when we woke up to a fully running Twitter. I don't really understand where the rumors came from, to be completely honest, but all I know is we still got Twitter and it's somehow still running. So Twitter kind of dominated the pop culture over the past week. Outside of that, there really wasn't that much, so I didn't, I wasn't able to pull together everything I needed to do a segment. Uh, I guess Chappelle, two, a week ago or so, I never brushed on it, but Chappelle went on SNL and made some Kanye jokes, but just about anybody can make a Kanye joke. Even I can, just maybe not right now. So... Yeah, that, uh, that's about it. Maybe Jay Leno, he did get into a crash and got hospitalized, so that's too bad. They say he's doing pretty good, but outside of that, I mean, one of them isn't even a fun topic to talk about, so unfortunately, I'm talking mostly sports with you guys today, so bear with me. It's still going to be a good episode. We're going to have a good time. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little college football. Things are heating up on that front, and the playoffs are making some impacts. Some key players have lost. Some key players have survived. What what do we have to say today? College football is what we're starting out with. Uh, we're going to move to the people's top 10 afterwards. A new segment of mine, I'm going hump dump. 
as the college basketball world starts to heat up a little bit, we see a sight and end for football this year. So let's talk a little college basketball every now and then. Hump and dump, new segment. I'm going to try it out, see how it flows. After that, I'm going to get into the NFL just a little bit, and I'm going to finish up with my thankful plays. So a little uh, Thanksgiving action. I'm going to tell you what you should probably be betting. And you should definitely tail and not fade because I am on a roll, boys. And women, the uh, 20 percenters per se. All right, so uh, let's talk a little college football, why don't we? I, uh, I'm getting kind of excited. I have a basketball background. I love talking football, but uh, I'm kind of getting ready to maybe share some of my knowledge and expertise in basketball to you in the upcoming episodes, but we're going to focus a little on football right now. First one we probably want to talk about is the current uh, atmosphere around the college football playoffs. At uh, the bachelor party I was at, we went over to my buddy's place afterwards and watched a couple games. On the nightcap, we were able to watch the USC-UCLA game. That was an insane game. It was a shootout from start to finish. And it also, I, I mean, in my earlier podcast, I was talking a lot about how I do not believe a Pac-12 team will be able to make it this year. But USC, they're putting up a fight a little bit. They did not start out the best in this game, but they were able to finish it up. And uh, both quarterbacks were absolutely insane. Uh, DTR, the UCLA quarterback, had four touchdowns, 300 yards. The player of the game was probably Caleb Williams because he was able to have 470 yards. He only had two touchdowns, but he was the difference maker in the game. It is hard to remember uh, to. It's hard to compare Caleb Williams because, in my eyes, he's the Heisman favorite. He's on an outstanding offense. He's on a playoff contender, and he's probably going to end up being on the Pac-12 champion. And Pac-12 is known for their offense. At some point, you start wondering, you know, should there be a little bit more defense? Is it lack of defense rather than impressive offense? But Overall, it was a fun game to watch. And I think the college football playoffs, as unbiased as they are, if you're going to make a run at it with one loss, you might as well be a fun team. In the end, they're going to vote for somebody who people want to watch. And if people want to see a high-scoring game, I mean, they're pro- they might go look for USC over at anybody else. But USC, they're, they're fun. They put on an offensive clinic. And, I mean, yeah, we could talk bad offense, but why don't we talk about how great Caleb Williams is looking? He's accurate, he's athletic, and people are starting to compare him to Mahomes a little bit with how he plays football. I'm going to talk a little bit about Mahomes later in this seg- in this uh, episode, but, I mean, it is a fair comp, but in regards to just how great and how much of a unicorn Mahomes is, I don't like comparing anybody to Mahomes because right now I don't foresee anybody being up to the standards of Mahomes. He is absolutely insane when it comes to playing quarterback. So USC, they made a little bit of a run. They're fun to watch. They're going to be in some impressive games. And they're moving on. One more round. Uh, this was a big one that they had to get by in order to keep their college football playoffs um, 
playoffs alive. So, yeah, USC, very impressed with them, especially after not writing them off, but not putting much emphasis on the Pac-12 in regards to college football playoff communications. So, prove me wrong. Uh, Moving on, we probably got to get ready for the Michigan-Ohio State game this next week. It is a playoff masterpiece. It has a lot. The overall ending of that game will put a lot into perspective of who we're bringing in, who we might take out. And in my eyes, if this game's close, I think that those, I don't think that should pull out either one from the college football playoffs. I know uh, one thing that we got to understand is after last week, Ohio State and Michigan did look completely beatable. It seemed like they were both overlooking their opponent because they were probably already starting to eyeball the next game, the game that really matters, because they know that if they lose that game, they're in jeopardy of not making the playoffs, especially if it's not a close game. Michigan had their struggles against a pretty good and competitive Illinois team, but overall Michigan was more physical, and Michigan ended up grinding out a win. Their run game is just absolutely impressive. It's something that you don't see every now and it's something you don't see all the time on a team this competitive where they mostly just go after the run, make short dink and dunk passes. In today's football, we're used to seeing teams just pass the ball who can score more points, but that is not Michigan. And for better or worse, they're going to live by their physicality, and I think that's similar to why they beat Ohio State and went on to the college football playoffs last year. They were a physical team. I see a lot of that in them again this year. And yes, they did underperform. They were double-digit favorites, and they only won by two against Illinois, and they won by two in a game where they had to kick a, a field goal to go ahead, so... Yes, did they underperform? I mean, yes, they did. But in Illinois is a good team. I think that they were easily underestimated in this game. And I think that there's a lot of components that made Michigan underperform too. And one of them is definitely that they were probably already looking ahead to the week after. But they survived and they won even though it was at the big house. So... Uh, I like Michigan right now. Ohio State, on the other hand, they ended up winning. They scored some garbage touchdowns to put them up and win by 13. Maryland was a decent team. I think that Maryland, winning by only 13 to Maryland is less impressive than only beating Illinois by two at at the big house. I uh, I do think that this had a similar situation where Ohio State was overlooking a, a solid team, but they're not they're not that great. Maryland has a good offense, and that's why they got thirty points on them. But Ohio State they uh, they were definitely the better team, and they came alive in the third quarter, scored a couple touchdowns, got some points to get ahead, but they also allowed Maryland to have that late push, and that I, I think that looks a little rusty. Ohio State won a couple games early on against good teams, playing good defense, but I don't see a great defense that could compete against a physical team. I do think Buckeyes are much more talented than Michigan, but I uh, I was already starting to look at the spread. This game is 11 a.m. on Saturday, Michigan-Ohio State at Columbus, and I would most definitely, I am definitely going to tell you ahead of time, I'm going to pick the Michigan to cover. Right now it's seven and a half. It's probably going to maybe go down to six and a half, maybe seven, but 
I like Michigan covering. I think that if they lose, it will only be by a field goal because they're going to play much more physical. They're going to dominate the time of possession. And I do not trust the Buckeyes' defense to stop their run game. I just think that I, I like Michigan to keep this a close game, and I do think that there might be a home field advantage where they end up losing by a go-ahead field goal. But I like their odds to keep this game competitive, keep it within a field goal, if not win. They they will control the time of possession. I'm going to tell you that right now. I would throw a ton of money that out of the two of them, out of a talented and explosive Ohio State team and a physical Michigan team, Michigan's going to have the ball in their hands a lot more. And I think that's going to contribute to their success in this game next week. One more, TCU was a big name. They were able to survive a 29-28 game in Waco, Texas versus Baylor. This was a fun one to watch. Baylor came back in the fourth quarter, and it, it, overall, it was uh, it was just uh, it was a fun game. So, uh, I really think that TCU snuck this one out, and it starts to make you wonder if they're really a legit team or not. But I still think that they'll. I don't trust that they're gonna win out. I think they'll get through Iowa State next week, and then they'll go into the Big 12 championship, who I can't remember who it is. It might be Texas, but I don't know if it's even set in stone who they're going to play yet. I don't think they're going to beat the next best team that they play, which would be in the Big 12 championship. They actually, This was the first week in a while where they didn't cover the spread. I think they did truly get lucky, and at this point, I don't think TCU can get into the college football playoffs with one loss. I don't think that their schedule was strong enough to get in there. So if they were to lose the Big 12 championship, it's going to be a variation between strength of schedule, who everybody, how everybody else in the bubble's doing. So that would be like Tennessee, LSU, and uh, I mean USC's. They got their name in there now too. So I think they'll get through ISU. I would love for ISU to somehow go in and beat them. I don't know the spread. Actually, I think I'm TCU's in the people's top 10, so I'll be able to say that later. But, yeah, not off the top of my head right now. So, yeah, anyways, those were some of the big ones. Next week's going to be an awesome week in college football. We got rivalry week coming in, a couple good matchups. I've already kind of discussed Michigan-Ohio State quite a bit. There's also some other ones where we got Oregon-Oregon State we'll talk about and uh, Texas A&M is going to face LSU, and uh, looks like USC's facing Notre Dame as well. So we, we got a couple fun matchups going on. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. There might be some movements. A couple big teams might get upset. Uh, for instance, Alabama's facing Auburn in that massive game. I think that Alabama could very likely drop another one. If there's something that uh, if there's something that happens in that rivalry, is Auburn will definitely beat a better Alabama in even in its worst years. So, another thing that is coming onto the news a little bit more is Lane Kiffin, head coach of the Ole Miss. Uh, I think they're the Rebels, if I remember right. There's talks about him making a somewhat of a lateral move to uh, to Auburn. 
And some people would wonder why. Right now at this point in time, Ole Miss is a better team than Auburn. But what I would probably say to you is if this does happen, I think it makes complete sense because Auburn might be somewhat of a horizontal shift as of right now, but Auburn has much more of a ceiling than Ole Miss does. In a sense, Auburn is always expected to beat Alabama. They're supposed to compete every year, which you could say about any SEC team. But things are a little bit different in Auburn. I think that they have more of an attraction with recruiting classes. I think that Lane Kiffin, with his great coaching, adding in an aspect of getting easier, making it easier to get recruits is going to put him so far ahead of the game. So that's something to watch for. It's not set in stone. In fact, he even replied to a reporter that broke the news that it's not true. However, it makes you wonder. There might be something that we find out, but more towards the end of the year, maybe right at the beginning of the off season. So keep your eyes peeled with that. I think that's some development that we might need to remember and look into. Anyways, let's move on to the people's top 10. Week 13, exciting developments. A lot of teams covered, but a lot of teams also didn't cover. And in fact, some of the higher ranking teams in the people's top 10 from last week did not cover. So we're seeing their face still because they were one of the best in the league, you know, as of last week, but they moved down the rankings a little bit. So a lot of uh, horizontal shifts in the people's top 10 this week. Starting off, at number one, we have the Wildcats, the fucking Cats out of Kentucky. As of la- as of this week, they're ten and one at the under. Last week, they lost to a very competitive Georgia team in somewhat of a close game, six to sixteen. Not only did they beat the, uh, did, not only did they go under on the points, but they fucking killed it. The total points in that game, as of pre-snap, was forty-seven and a half. And they got 22, so they went under twice. Good for them. Next week, they go to Louisville. Total points is currently set at 43. Like I said, with all these next week spreads, they're bound to change. Number two, Colorado State staying in there. Excuse me. Currently 9-1-1 at the under. Uh, last week they lost 12 to 24 versus Air Force. Total points in that game was 43 and a half. Next week they go to New Mexico. Currently the total points is 35. Number three, Tulane. They won this week. They're back on good tracks. Uh, they're currently nine and two at the spread. This past week, they won 59-24 versus Southern Methodist University, a.k.a. SMU, out of Dallas, in a game that was supposed to be three and a half. So I don't want to even do the multiplication with how, with how many times they beat the spread on that game. So good for them. This next week, oh, this is another good rivalry game. They play at Cincinnati this next week. Cincinnati, another top 25 team. Both these teams are top 25 out of a... Uh, you know, kind of an unoverlooked conference. So one loss or two losses on the year is kind of a big deal that you're not even going to get in contention for a, a playoff spot. But anyways, Tulane at Cincinnati. They're currently two-point underdogs against Cincinnati. So, oh boy, that will be a good one. Number four, we got 
the Beavers. Oregon State, currently 9-2 and two at the spread. They beat Arizona State last week, a.k.a. Frat City. 31-7, they were 7.5-point favorites in that game. Another good outing by the Beavs. Watch your Beaver, because these boys are coming for you. Next week, they play versus Oregon. Last I looked, it was plus three. I think that there's a good chance that they might become dogs by more, or in other words, Oregon might become favorites by more points in the near future. I do. Not, I think that's kind of tough, especially if they can only be within a field goal, and that would only push. That's, that's kind of a hard one, because I really would think that Oregon would win this game after their pretty impressive win last week. Moving on, we got uh, number five, the Cougs, baby. Don't tell Young Gravy about this because we got some Cougars out of Houston at the five spot. Currently nine and two at the over. They beat Eastern Carolina 42 to three in a total of 66 points. Oh, that's right. So Houston was, Houston did not cover or they did not go over this past week. They were number two last week, and because they beat East, Eastern Carolina 42-3 to in a game that was supposed to go 66, they, did, they actually went under. So not very good for the over, but that's okay. By the way... Oh, by the way, uh, I brought up Young Gravy, and I totally forgot. I probably should have said this more in the intro, but I'm actually going to a Young Gravy Baby No Money concert this coming week. Uh, it's on Friday, uh, so Young Gravy on Thursday is going to be in Minneapolis. I think it's at halftime. He's going to be going out and doing the Viking game, kind of uh, doing a little bit of a concert at the Viking game, and I'm going to go hit him, uh, hit his concert that he does in Minneapolis at a – I think it's the Armory or something. So that'll be fun. Hopefully I have some good stories to tell you next week about that. Regardless, Cougars, they're going to play Tulsa this next week, and the total points is currently 67. So hopefully they can get back onto a better track. Still great at the over this year. A little unimpressed because they dropped from two, but overall competitive year at the over so far. Next, we have at number six, Texas Christian University, a.k.a. the Horny Toads. They did not cover this past week. They are currently 8-2-1 at the spread, so they went down from the number one spot. Too bad, too sad. That stinks. They did beat Baylor 29-28, but they somehow didn't cover in a game where they won and they were only favorites by two points, so... Interesting development there. Uh, subpar performance dropped, but next week they go play Iowa State at home. Currently, they are 10-point favorites in that game, so I'm not sure what to make of that. I think that's a lot of points, and Iowa State plays some teams pretty weird, but who knows? I do think that TCU is going th- to run away with this one, but I think that it might be a lot closer than we're expecting. Iowa State's just a team like that this year. Number seven, Wazoo, baby. Nine and two at the under. And one notable thing, this is not why they're in the people's top ten this week. They're eight and three at the spread, too. So pretty uh, competitive two different ways. Last week, they beat Arizona um, 31 to 20. 
the total points was 63. So they definitely went under. It wasn't, uh, it was, it was a little closer than some of these other teams that are going under consistently, but not everybody can be up to the par as the number one and number two in the people's top 10. Like I said, it's a pretty competitive bracket. Wazoo under champions this next week, they play Washington total points. As of last time I looked was 59 points. So number eight, we have a new team in the mix, Florida state, the Seminoles. They're eight and three at the spread. They beat Louisiana Lafayette 49 to 17 last week as 25 point favorites covered in a game where they were a pretty big favorite. So they are currently uh, four straight covers since uh, they played Clemson. Clemson, a tough team, usually in the playoffs, probably won't be this year, but uh, they've been competitive. Uh, the number eight Seminoles play versus Florida, and they are nine and a half point favorites. Florida's been down this year, but it's hard to believe a rivalry game will be double digits, so they'll have a tough one in front of them this week. Number nine, we got... <laughs> maize and blue baby Michigan not only are they number three right now in the AP top 10 and the college football playoffs well mo- more than likely they'll be number three I guess the college football playoffs as of this time has not been released but we since nobody lost in the top four we can assume that everybody will stay s- as you know stay the same but anyways Michigan Eight and two and one at the under. Last week they beat Illinois nineteen to seventeen in a game that was had a total points of forty one and a half. Next week they play Ohio State University, aka um, the Ohio State University. The game is scheduled for fifty seven points. So that's uh, that is an Ohio State game. Ohio State scores. I do like the under in this game myself. Not sure if I'll bet on it or not yet. I have a feeling I will because I'll probably want to watch this game. Anyways, Michigan, number nine. Number 10, this one's nice. I, uh, I went to Ames this year. I, uh, I realize they're not doing that well as a football team, but there's one thing they are doing well at, and they actually have a better record at this than some of the other teams in the people's top 10. So maybe the maybe the board's being a little biased, but Ohio I mean Iowa State Cyclones, the clones out of Ames, Iowa are 9 and 2 at the under. They lost 10 to 14 to Texas Tech last week in a game that was supposed to go 47 and a half. So they have been killing the under recently. 24 points. Do a little bit of math, not quite half of what was projected in Vegas. But boy, was it damn close. Next week, they go to Texas Christian University, TCU, 47 and a half currently. And uh, that concludes week 13 of the People's Top 10. Like I said uh, last episode, we're looking into doing a college basketball People's Top 10 in the near future. Next week, we'll do another college football one, but after that, we're closing in on bowl weeks, and we'll have a string of weeks where we will not be doing a people's top 10 for college football, because once the bowl ga- once the championship games conclude and the bowl games are you know getting prepared for, there won't be not everybody will play for a span of sometimes about a month. So we'll go a little dry for the people's top 10 for college football, but we we are not starting college basketball yet but i am 
the board and I have been reviewing good teams so far, and we will have a college basketball people's top 10 within the next few weeks. I can't tell you what how many weeks it will be yet, but right now there's just too many undefeated teams at certain aspects of Vegas that we do not have enough information to give an adequate people's top 10 yet. We will continue to review until that time, but within the next couple weeks, you should be expecting a people's top 10 for college basketball. Regardless, that is week 13 for college football. Congratulations to everybody that made it. Uh, This was a lengthy review process. Everybody was reviewed and uh, the board finalized and approved. So congratulations. Next segment, we have what's called hump and dump. Uh, Pretty self-explanatory with college basketball starting. I have favorites of who's making some waves in college basketball. I also have some teams that I am not enjoying too much right now. I'm going to hump one or sometime, you know, it's the 21st century. I might have two humps that I want and I might have two dumps. We'll just see how the week rolls, but... I have this week's hump and dump, and this week I am humping the shit out of the hogs. I'm getting hogged down by Arkansas basketball, currently 4-0. They have been fun to watch so far this year. They play again today. I can't remember who it was, but it's it's a pretty decent matchup. They're currently in Maui, if I remember right, so they're enjoying some sunshine, unlike me who's in a dark hole in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But they've been pretty fun to watch. They're flashy. They're fast. They're physical. Overall, they're a good basketball team. One thing that I noticed just from watching uh, yesterday's game, which how about before I get into that, actually, I posted something that Arkansas basketball put on their Twitter page, and I quoted it and posted it on my uh, Twitter page. Take a look at it. Basically, they combined every single video of the dunks that they had in one game last night versus Louisville, and it's about a minute and a half, and it's really fun. Literally, they controlled the game. They had so many turnovers. They had so many offensive rebounds. They were so much more physical than the other team. They look really fun to watch right now. They were really good last year. In fact, I remember telling people, you can ask some of my friends, uh, but I remember telling people that I think Arkansas is kind of the real deal. And they've been kind of doing this for about two years, maybe even three. They've been working their way up. Musselman's a good coach. He's also pretty cool. Uh, If you check out his Twitter page, he's kind of a funny guy. I do think that in order to really take over Arkansas basketball, he needs to develop a little bit more of a Southern accent. Uh, He also looks a little dorky just as a human being, but if he could maybe look a little cooler, maybe spike his hair and not look like a, I don't know, like a standard white guy in high school. I don't know. Anyways, I, I think that if he developed a Southern accent and looked a little cooler, he'd be maybe one of my favorite people in the world because he's a great coach good recruiter. He's got already one of the top recruits for next year, and he's getting consistently great recruiting classes. So he's getting talent, and he's getting people to run around. But I think he needs to look a little cooler like and have more of an accent, like a southern accent. Maybe not like a tequila mockingbird accent, but maybe something along the lines of 
like a bayou kind of accent or maybe Texas. Maybe just say howdy a little bit more. I don't know. Something to look a little bit more southy. I think he needs that in Arkansas. I am humping the Hogs this week. 4-0. They play again tonight. They had a really fun game the last couple games. They are playing very good defensively. Um, one thing that I've noticed is they tend to overplay a pass away. I mean, we all, anybody that played basketball did the shell drill. Maybe some of you aren't familiar with it, but it's basically one pass away, deny the ball, two passes away, kind of get into a bit of a gap and keep your hands out, see both ball and man. Three passes away, you should kind of be in the lane. But they're even going outside of that. They're overplaying everything. What they're doing is they're so physical and strong and talented and athletic, I guess, too, that they overplay a pass away and they try their best to like get turnovers. So they're not they're okay with getting beat. And normally that's normally that's not a good thing. You don't want to get beat in basketball. But they're purposefully getting beat because they want to create more turnovers, get some easy points, and because they trust their help defense so much. It's it's insane how much how quick they have somebody right in front of the hoop to stop a to stop somebody that got beat. Um, their help defense is just really good right now. People are there before they even need to be. There's multiple people ready to help, and uh, they have great communication to keep everybody coordinated through the process. You don't like to get beat, but you can tell that their defense is set to create turnovers. So they're going to run with that. And I think it's working for him. So for right now, I'm humping him. I'm dumping Gonzaga, though. I know what you say. Anybody who knows me a little bit knows that I think that they're overrated. They don't play anybody ever. Their competition is just awful. And so they beat up on everybody, have two losses at the end of every single year, and they make it as like a one seed because of who they play all year. I will say that they're playing some better teams as of the past couple of years, so good for them. But after watching them in a couple games, I mean, they pulled away in the Michigan State game, but they were also about 15-point favorites in that game. I'm not saying that Vegas is always right, but usually they, they're so statistically driven in their algorithm that it's a good indicator of what the spread is with who was overall playing the better game. And Gonzaga was not. Not quite like Arkansas because they are just way more talented than Michigan State Spartans, but Michigan State has a fundamentally sound defense, and they're also very physical. So they bully-balled Zaga that whole entire game. And recently, they also just got shit on. Um, who was it? I think it was Texas. They just got shit on there. So I don't think they're a very physical team. I think that uh, they their offense settles sometimes. You can't just settle for threes, and you see it a lot more in today's offenses, especially in college, because sometimes they're not very, um, what's the word? Sometimes they're not very decisive. So they'll, they'll just, uh, if the shot clock's going down or they get a little panicky, they're going to just shoot threes. And I think Gonzaga is most definitely a team that will easily settle for threes for a span of multiple minutes and let the other team go on a 10-0 run. Basketball is a game of runs, and I understand that. Um, and Gonzaga will likely be good enough to be able to have a run of their own, but you can't settle. Not against the good teams, and the good teams are going to show you that that's just not a way to do it. I think their shot selection 
uh, can be bad. Uh, that might be an easy way of saying it. Overall, I don't think I think they settle too much on the outside. They need to look to get Timmy, who's their best player, more touches at the post. Because even if he gets double teamed, there's somebody open. And I think most of the time, Timmy should be able to make a move or possibly even shoot over a defense a defensive player. So I don't think that they're playing great basketball right now. I'm dumping them right now. I've always been critical of Gonzaga. I hear that there's rumors of them moving to the Big 12, and I think that would be great for them because the Big 12 is a great college basketball conference. They're also getting Cincinnati in the near future, and Cincinnati's a fun. I like Cincinnati a lot. They play a very fun and fast type of basketball where even if they're not the best, they're playing pretty fun games to watch and those should get televised a ton so overall zag i'm dropping them today i won't get too much into college basketball yet i think we're starting to get some really fun games the tournaments are moving around i've definitely been watching a lot of basketball i don't have a ton of comments and it's really early in the season to give too much comments on it but overall that's my initial thoughts on who I least like and who I most like. And this is a very big preview. We will talk about it more as the season goes on. Also, I love football a lot, so I focus a little bit more on football, especially on a shorter episode. No offense to anybody else. All right. Before we get into the thankful picks, I'll talk a little bit about the National Football League. The uh, <laughs> the real football, am I right, guys, with the World Cup going on? Uh, I have not watched that yet. One of my cousins, he knows I gamble a little bit. He actually asked me if I'm betting on the games. And this is where I'm kind of proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for not betting on the World Cup games because I know straight up that I do not understand soccer. And I actually think that you pretty much only can bet money line or a draw on one of the teams. So... I am, I'm proud of myself. I can be pretty wild when it comes to betting, and I've had times in the past where I just bet on shit I do not understand, but I'm not doing it this week. I have other people that I know that are doing it, but hey, I'm staying strong. I'm betting on what I know, so good for me, man. Anyways, uh, moving on to uh, real football, right? Real football. A couple things came out of this past week. Uh, when I was at the bachelor party, one of my friends who listens to the podcast quite a bit let me know that he was a little disappointed that I didn't talk enough about the Vikings in the last podcast. And let me know that I heard you. I heard you, man. Um, and for your just to even things out, I'm not going to talk about the Vikings this week. <laughs> um, they, uh, for those of you that watched... Um, I hope that you didn't watch the whole game because that was a a big heartbreaker for Viking fans. I I saw it. I actually bet on the Cowboys, and it was because I knew it was the right bet. I knew the Vikings were going to lose that game. So you could say that I'm hating on the Vikings because I'm a Packer fan, but it's actually because I knew that just how the stars were aligning, the Cowboys were going to win that game. Overall, my thought process going into the game was Vikings just had the game of their lives. At least possibly the game of the year. They played a very emotional game, and I thought they might come in a little hungover. The Cowboys just faced the current 4-7 and seven Packers, who are just 
almost dead. They're dying. They're actually trying to breathe for air right now and survive another day. But Packers are dead, and they kind of embarrassed the Cowboys' defense. Cowboys had a lot to prove this game because they heard everybody. You can't go on to ESPN or any sports network after hearing that they lost to the Packers and shaming their defense, calling them fraudulent. So what did so basically then you see after they kick the shit out of the Vikings that the Vikings are frauds, but I mean, sometimes you got to look in the mirror, man. I mean, come on. One thing over this past weekend that I just started to realize is I I think I hate the Cowboys. I don't know why we just beat you guys. I have nothing to hate about you, but I think I hate the Cowboys and I hate the fans of the Cowboys. Sometimes things don't need to be explained. I can just say that I hate something. I, uh, I mean, it might be one of my top five hates at this moment. Things change, new developments happen. I hate people more or I hate things, you know, more at different times, but it might be my top five right now. Um, Vikings are probably in there too somewhere. Well, let me think about this. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh, I mean, right away, first thought is I guess I got to be responsible in this uh, this part of my podcast. I can't get canceled, but I probably say the thing I hate the most is maybe I Al Qaeda. I mean, that, they kind of fucking suck. Uh, I'd probably say that. The Bears might be second. They're pretty close to first. Um, I mean, but Al-Qaeda might just be a little bit more mean. Um, I might I might put the Cowboys right after the Bears. Right now, at this point in time, I, I don't like the Cowboys. I think they're kind of full of themselves. I, I just, I don't like the idea that they call Viking fans fraud because they were complete frauds last week. You can't have that quick turnaround. Like, dude, you forget last week already? I think the Vikings are a good team, too. I don't think they're frauds. I think they played somewhat of an easier schedule, but they don't make the schedule, man. Um, I don't know. Cowboys would probably be third. The Vikings got to be in there somewhere. Um, oh, no, no, no. Uh, fourth would probably be ISIS. I hate them. Maybe Paper Straws. I think that we should ban Paper Straws if... uh. I, I, they'd probably be five even. Vikings Vikings are a, a very close sixth, okay? They didn't make the top five. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm becoming nicer to the Vikings. Maybe I appreciate what they've been through because I'm going through it right now. So I don't know. Um, Bears fucking suck, but they are the two spot. Um, Al-Qaeda, those, those motherfuckers. Fuck them, right? Anyways, yeah, Cowboys kind of ran it all over the Vikings. Overall, Dallas looked like a crazy team. I will say one good thing about the Cowboys. I don't. I, I probably have a Cowboy fan out there somewhere, right? Um, at the Philippines, right, brother? Um, no, by the way, uh, Philippines, I didn't see them in the World Cup. I was going to put a bet on them, and that was a system play. It wasn't because I'm a degenerate that doesn't understand soccer, but I, I just I owe it to them. I owe it. I love my fans. Uh, anyways, I was saying the Cowboys were running it all over their defense, and the Vikings also had some turnovers and some fumbles. Uh, if you're going to lose, at least lose by a lot. They didn't really have to worry about the fourth quarter because they knew the game was over. Start thinking about the next game. 
I'll tell you one thing. I think the Vikings are going to kick the shit out of the Patriots on Thanksgiving. So I'll also say something good about good about my sixth least favorite thing in the world. It was six, right? It was uh, Al-Qaeda. Yeah, because Paper Straws was number five, things I hate. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. Sorry, this was straight from the dome. Uh, I can't remember sometimes. Things move so fast on this podcast, which is why I know all of you tune in. So I appreciate it. That's enough about the Vikings um, and the Cowboys. Uh, I, I, like I said, sorry that I didn't talk enough about Game of the Year. I also recorded it with Carson, and we found out there was a shit ton of feedback during that section. So I had to redo it a second time. And maybe I talked about it more the first time, but um, I have a couple notes that I use every time I talk about different games. Most of the time, I'm just spitballing, thinking of things on the go. I put a couple bullet points down for talking points from each game. So sorry if I didn't talk about it enough the second time, but I'll, uh, I'll just make a promise that it won't happen again, guys. Moving on, uh, Jets-Patriots. That was a barn burner of a game. I was actually watching it at the bachelor party I was at. Um, that was an interesting game. I bet on Jets plus three and a half, and I was so excited because I was on a bit of a roll with gambling this past weekend, and I was like, wow, we're continuing. And the Jets pull an all-time Jets move, and Belichick pulls an all-time Belichick move against the Jets by making us watch the worst game possible. And me feeling confident in a bet where I had um, Jets as plus three and a half because they didn't score a touchdown all game. So why would they score a touchdown in the last 20 minutes, 20 seconds, much less one more quarter? The Jets' defense looked insane. They looked awesome. There was nothing telling me that they might not even win. Anyways, one of my buddies, I was at the bachelor party as a Jets fan, and I was in shambles with him. I felt bad for him because definitely the Jets deserved to win that game, but Belichick is just a, a specimen of his own. Wilson, uh, more notably, Zach Wilson, who did not have a great game. I think he only had nine completions on the game. He said that uh, he was not a reason for the loss. They, so here's the thing, though. Also, why would you just ask him straight up, like, do you feel like you're the reason for the loss? I mean, you don't want to say yes to that, but how he said it was a little... It was a little interesting. He basically just said no, and he had nothing else like it. And, you know, you at first I'm like, yeah, you're overreacting a little bit. He The way it was worded was probably inappropriate. Um, he wasn't the reason for the loss. The offense was a reason for the loss, but he did not play the best. And he, he contributed to the loss, and you cannot argue that. He wasn't necessarily the reason. Anyways, it was more what we found out in like a couple posts later. Reporters said that um, there was some disgruntled defensive players and some disgruntled uh, people on the Jets after the game because they noticed that he was kind of walking out, walking around like it wasn't like he was kind of like top shit and he wasn't like when you lose and you play that bad and your defense plays a game like no other you kind of have to, you owe them enough to look like you're disappointed in yourself. He was kind of uppity uppity and it's kind of like a loser mentality there. Uh, basically saying like you walk on water per se. They had great defense and they didn't have much help from the offense. As a leader and Zach Wilson being a quarterback of this team, even if he's kind of, even if the defense is holding this team together, 
he needs to he needs to be somewhat of a leader at least for the offense and he has to take a little bit of accountability and the way he worded that press conference the way he walked about after a loss to your biggest rivals is concerning I don't like that um I don't like that at all I think that quarterbacks don't have to be the leader of the team but they should they are the leader of the offense they they are. Um, so he doesn't seem like a guy that's really stepping into the light. This, uh, this did seem like the season that the Jets were going to beat the Pats. I think that it was 14 games. It's been a long time since the Jets have beat the Patriots, and it felt like they were going to do it today. And uh, Belichick basically says, slow down, Salah. Not today, brother. Moving on, uh, what's the next game? I Chiefs Chargers. This was a fun game. Yester the day so on Saturday I hung out with my buddy. I think I accidentally said that I watched the USC game after the bachelor party. That's not true. After the bachelor, uh, I went to my buddy's. Uh, he's actually Michael Jennison. He's been on this podcast. Great guy. Um, I went over to his place to watch the college games yesterday. And on Sunday, we went over to his place afterwards. So after the bachelor party concluded, we went over to MJ's place and we watched some football. We put in a couple bets and we all, we were trying to ride together because Michael was getting a little upset about me for betting the under on the Iowa State game, which by the way, it hit because I'm a fucking genius. He didn't like that I was rooting for them to run the ball and run clock off when they were behind. Totally understandable. So we had a truce and MJ at first was talking that he wants the Chiefs. I didn't like it because I kind of like the Chargers, but he didn't like the Chargers. So we had a mutual bet and we met in the middle. We picked the over in that game. This was a fun game. This is what I wish a lot of Sunday night games were. We see various teams, some of them more defensive than others. But honestly, I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes not in a primetime game again. He, Patrick Mahomes never should play an 11 o'clock game. That's overshadowed by other teams. Even if he's on CBS for the primary game, he should never be playing at the same time as anybody else. Because Patrick Mahomes is a maestro. He is just a fucking unicorn. I have not watched him that many times this year because it doesn't seem like they've been on prime time as much as usual. And I love watching him play. He's insane. If For those of you that didn't watch... Uh, it was, it was an amazing back-and-forth game, lots of offense. The Chargers got up by a little bit, and they scored with about a minute and 30 or 40 seconds left. Uh, Justin Herbert had a great drive to bring him down there and get ahead by, I think it was four points. Yeah, it was like four or five points, top of my head, because they had to score a touchdown to win this game. We, I told my buddies the minute that... Uh, they scored the touchdown that they gave him way too much time. They gave him about one minute and, I don't know, 30 seconds or something, and I knew right away that this offense, that it wasn't going to be stopped. And Pat Mahomes was going to do what they, he does every single week, and he drives the ball down, makes the defense look silly, and he, he scored with time left. I mean... It's getting to the point where some of these teams are so elite, especially talking about the Chiefs, that you start to ask the question of how much, how much time do you give them? 
And it's, it's insane to think that we're at the point where offenses can be so good that you have to limit the time that they have the ball. Because, for instance, in this game, I think they only needed a field goal to, to get up, but they scored a touchdown. But you know how hard it is to play against the Chiefs? Because not only when you have the ball with about two minutes left and you're in the red zone, not only are you trying to limit the... You're, you're not only trying to score a touchdown, but you're trying to limit the amount of time that Patrick Mahomes has the ball. You're trying to get it, him the ball with almost no time left. Anything under 20 seconds. And even when he has the ball with 20 seconds left going 80 yards, and if he has any timeouts, you're instantly thinking, shit, this is scary. How many times... How much, how much time is too much for some of these quarterbacks? It's crazy. Patrick Mahomes, it almost feels like you can only give him 45 seconds. And uh, that's to get a touchdown. If he needs like a field goal, and if he has any timeouts, 30 seconds might not be off the, you know, that might not be a horrible guess. You know, it's just, uh, it's fun. It makes it impossible to plan against. Mahomes is so mobile, he's so accurate, he has such an arm, and Reed is just an insane coach. They got the they got the dynamic duo just with those two, and then they have some great players at wide receiver that can make some plays. I, I'll say it all year. I think the Chiefs right now will win the Super Bowl. I, I've been saying it for a while, and you guys have told me about the Bills in Vegas. I don't know if they're still the favorite to win it in Vegas, but I can't think of anybody that could beat this Chiefs team. I think they'll run away with it. They're just lucky the Packers aren't good this year, right? <laughs> Chiefs-Chargers, awesome game, fun to watch. It was, uh, it was also fun to bet because betting on the Chiefs to score points is one of my favorite things to do. Moving on. That's the NFL. Uh, I guess you guys might say, hey, talk about the Packers because I talk about them when we win, right? Packers are dead. What, what's there to say? Um, I guess I can bring up a couple points in Packers-Titans. Titans look really good. Mike Vrabel's an awesome coach. Packers had some questionable plays. Um, it seems like they... It seems like they don't run the ball when they need to. It seems like sometimes they force the pass. If they get down, if they ever play from behind, we abandon our game plan. Uh, it's it's a tough season. We play Philly this week. I think it's a primetime game. I, I honestly can't remember. Um, I think I kind of just hope that the Packers play a bunch of 11 o'clock games, and if we have any primetime games left the rest of this year, I hope flex scheduling does its due diligence. So we're not a fun team right now. If we lose next week, I think that all but eliminates us. I can see us somehow winning this game and then me getting my hopes up like I did against the Cowboys and being like, maybe we're back. You know, like it's kind of like that meme where that dead man, like, Open, like sit straight up after dying. I uh, they're gonna give me a heart attack this year, and now I understand how teams that have had struggling seasons are because I've been spoiled and pampered throughout my lifetime of uh, being a Packers fan for 24 years. So, all right, I talked about the Packers. You're welcome, guys. I did talk about it when we lose. 
Moving on. Thankful plays. Like I said earlier, happy Thanksgiving. I'm giving you guys my own treat. These are all football plays for Thursday night. Uh, More than anything, it is uh, Thanksgiving. So I hope you guys have uh, a good Thanksgiving. I hope you see some family. And I, uh, I hope that you might even incorporate one of these plays if you like money. Because I put it through the algorithm. 700 million bajillion times and these never lost so uh number one on my thankful plays is lions plus nine versus buffalo you may say travis are you just a hater on buffalo all you talk about is how the chiefs are your favorite team in the afc and your favorite team in the nfl to win this year but i counter that with i think the bills will win but can I think the the Lions will keep it within nine points? You bet I do. I uh, I do not think the Lions will win. I think that they'll lose by like a touchdown or a field goal because they've been on a spree. Why not? Why not think that the team that's been hot will cover a lot of points like nine? Like I said, this was as of this morning. Things change. I actually think that this game could go down to a touchdown spread because people will realize, wow, the Lions maybe statistically in Vegas and when we're only talking paper and numbers, yeah, they're going to lose by about 10 points. But when we're talking about a Lions team that has been winning games in ugly fashions and their defense has been stepping up and looking really good, yeah, I think that they can keep it closer than nine points. Certified winner. Thank you. I mean, you're welcome for that thankful play. Next one, we have the Giants plus nine versus the Cowboys. Fuck the Cowboys. They can suck these nuts. They suck. They're one of my least favorite things in the world. You heard the list earlier. Cowboys won't cover. Maybe they won't win. How are the Giants, who have been a quality team, nine-point underdogs? No, they did not look good against the Lions, but maybe we can say for once that the Lions might be a competitive football team too, and that might be a reason that they blew out another good team. This will be a close game. Cowboys will probably win, but Giants very well likely might win, and they're like a super dog. Nine points is a lot of points in football, especially in the NFL. I'm taking the Giants, baby. Last but not least, we have the Vikings playing. Minus two and a half versus the Patriots. Yes, the Patriots are good. Yes, they have Bill Belichick. Yes, the Lions just got embarrassed by the Cowboys. But look what the Cowboys did after getting embarrassed by the Packers. It's how it works. These are all good teams. The Vikings are a great offense. They have solid defense, as we've seen. I I think that after you get down by a certain number of points, you start giving up on the game, and you might give up a couple big plays here and there. Probably what happened in the second half of that game. I'm rolling with the Vikings. All you haters saying, Travis doesn't talk about the Vikings. Maybe say something nice about us for once. Put this in your, put this in your notes. Travis picked the Vikings two and a half versus the Patriots on Thanksgiving. And yes, I'm thankful for you guys. If I lose, it's all your fault. So thank you for peer pressuring me into this. But also I didn't get peer pressured because this is actually a really fucking good play. So love it. Love it a lot. Anyways, that is today's episode. It was episode 10. We are officially in double digits and we are doing this, guys. Uh, I got a couple good, I'm starting to line up a couple good other, uh, you know, guests to come on in the coming episodes. 
I pushed a cup. I pushed one out uh, this week. I kind of wanted to have a solo one, just talk about some stuff I like. Also, there wasn't a ton with uh, there wasn't a ton with pop culture. Sports are getting very fun. There's a ton of different sports on all around the world, all around this week. Uh, it's like a sports of Palooza lately. If you like hockey, how somehow that's on. Somehow hockey's always on television. That season never ends. You hear about it all the time in Minnesota. Anyways. Yeah, hey guys, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, hopefully that I wish you luck on any bets you place. And I wish you have it. I hope you have a great time with friends and family. Take care.